Cut straight hair and hair, just bangs. Hey, Bones. That's quite a scar you got in your head. Why don't you have these guys fit you for a rug? Cover it up for you. Hmm? You two geezers take your gape to the park. This man is the man. You understand what I'm saying, motherfucker? He's Mr. Bones. And you speak to Mr. Bones from now on. Come on, you can do better than him, can't you? Not these days, not unless you speak Spanish. You got a miss, Leo DeVoe, six weeks over. He's dead. How do you know he's dead? Did he tell you? Yeah, he told me that he was dead. Personally? Yeah, Ray, he personally told me that he got killed in that getaway jet crash that happened a month ago. Well, maybe he took out some flight insurance. Go check with his wife. You check it out. It's your book now. He owns some dry cleaning store over on Federal Highway. Let me explain something to you. Bobo is dead, which means that everything he had now belongs to Jimmy Cap, including you. Which also means that when I speak, I speak for Jimmy. E.g., from now on, you start showing me the proper fucking respect. E.g. means, for example, what I think you want to say is I.E. Bullshit, it's short for ergo. Ask your man. The best of my knowledge, E.G. means, for example. E.G.I.E., fuck you. The point is this, is that when I say jump, you say okay, okay? Yeah, right. Okay. All right. Gene Theory. My name is Webb and this is my co-host Mike and we continue our trilogy this month with the 1995, I believe, much forgotten flick, Get Shorty. I saw this film when it came out uh, and I have to imagine it was shortly after watching Pulp Fiction because all of a sudden uh, every person in Pulp Fiction, I'm like, oh, I need to see their other work and John Travolta obviously uh, was a big deal. Uh, with his with his comeback, I didn't know it at the time. I watched Pulp Fiction when I was like twelve. I really shouldn't have. Anyhow, mm-hmm. same. <laughs> I found Get Shorty and I enjoyed it when I, I saw it in my teens, and then never thought about it ever again until you mentioned it a few days ago. <laughs> <clears throat> All right, I guess I I'm going to try to reclaim the works of Barry Sonnenfeld. <laughs> <Just>. <laughs> oh wait, I did I did think about get shorty after i saw be cool (laughs) and then i never (laughs) wanted to think about it ever again i don't know if that makes you a better fan of get shorty that get shorty that you uh you went to the extended universe there you went to the sequel i've never seen it because (laughs) i i thought yeah you can but but why why (laughs) why do we need to expound upon the events after get shorty uh it's interesting to hear you say that I, i do agree with you that this had some of the, uh, the, the the Pulp Fiction wave, it was clearly riding on with John Travolta playing a likable gangster uh, yeah, in a more palatable setting. Although, you know, it's it's not inside baseball in that, you know, your, your layman can't understand the goings-ons. But 
it is strange to me because I wanted to look up and see uh, how it did, and it did 115 million dollars to the box office, and I'm like, I'm pretty damn sure Altman's the player didn't <laughs> didn't pull over 100 million dollars. Uh, <laughs> different tones, but you know, Hollywood is in love with talking about itself, and it's not often yes. that the general public responds to that. Uh, probably the biggest difference here is that you just have like such joy uh, for the town, for the work presented through the eyes of an outsider. Uh, Chili Palmer is played by John Travolta is a gangster from Miami and he comes to town, you know, under, I think <laughs> the guise of doing something, but it's like, he really just wants to get there. He's, he's not that much different than you know those those classic tales of like you know the young girl that gets on the bus from the middle of nowhere and shows up you know the the, the dreams of, of Hollywood. Um, we did kick around. Uh, I'll give a slight spoiler for our third entry in this trilogy. We did kick around doing Mulholland Drive, which I felt might be like too too far over into okay everything we liked about Get Shorty. Yeah, let's just punch you in the face uh, with the despair <laughs> and terror of that image. You have a very accomplished lead character in Tilly Palmer. Very cool. He always seems to have like the, the sort of angles worked out. Intimidating, but in a likable, almost... I, I know this movie's it's R-rated, right? Probably just for language alone. But it almost is like gangster in like a PG-13 kind of mold. Like he's handsome, he's charming, it's palatable. Here's the thing, and I think this really speaks to movie fans, is the reason why we really like Travolta in this film... Because even though he is, I mean, I don't want to say despicable, but he's clearly a crook. He's doing wrong things. Uh, as somebody who's on the other side of the law here. But he's such a movie fan. Sometimes your passions line up with somebody else's in such a meaningful way that it doesn't really matter. Like, <laughs> if an election-denying, like, MAGA fuckface was like, oh my god. <laughs> The, the film, and in its Osaka, you know, 1954 Japanese drama film, like, that film needs to be in the Criterion Collection. Why isn't it talked about? If I overheard somebody who was com the complete opposite person to me talk about that, I'd be like, hey, let me buy you a cup of coffee. Let's chat about this, because you're right. And in its Osaka is criminally underseen. You, uh, you've chosen the most specific, probably unbelievable, uh, thing to happen. <laughs> Yes, exactly. <laughs> but that's kind of what I'm getting at here. It's like sometimes uh, your passion for something is so strong that it doesn't matter what the other person is like. If they have that same passion, you're going to connect on some level. And I think that's kind of why we like Travolta so much here. Uh, and it's nice to see. It's nice to see him in this charismatic role because I think after this, he – mauled around for a couple of years and then battlefield earth was the point of no mm. return i don't think he's ever come back i think hairspray got some love but ultimately he just kind of became this bizarre celebrity uh after after battlefield earth a little bit on a lesser scale like the sort of uh nicholas cage effect in a way he's, he's sort of known uh for for past glory but uh now produces like quite a bit of just curiosities where people are like, man, what's he up to? Or it's almost like geared toward being cut up into a YouTube clip where people can enjoy a, a particular scene and then not experience the whole thing. Uh, I'm not suggesting 
people go out and try to prove us wrong, because we're certainly not going to do a trilogy theme. I'm saying it now where we're going to be like, John Travolta, post-Battlefield Earth. What are the three best? Like, probably probably not going to happen. But I would say it's interesting you bring up Travolta as far as his decision-making, because I remember reading, uh, and this is like around the time this film's release. This isn't like something that just came out way later that, uh, you know, Quentin Tarantino uh, has a bit of an ego. He's got a massive head <laughs> for that ego. Um, likes to take, I think, credit. He's also, you know, he's very supportive of other filmmakers too. So you get both. Uh, but he certainly took credit for John Travolta being in Get Shorty because Travolta, uh, I guess just in conversation with him after Pulp Fiction was like, yeah, I don't know if I'm going to do you know, another gangster thing. And <laughs> Tarantino was like, uh, you would kill in this part. People would enjoy seeing you in this part. Just do it. Don't worry about your legacy. Like, I don't know. Am I going to be the gangster guy? Because it's funny listening to you now. He clearly did not become the cool gangster guy. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm glad that uh, Tarantino twisted his arm and said, why don't you just do something entertaining? People people are rooting for you. And that's the thing with movie stars. We're, we're rooting for their continued presence. As much as they can be assholes, uh, in, in real life. And maybe now we know too much about everybody. It is interesting that the, the counterpoint to that, at least in this film, is the character of Martin Weir, played by Danny DeVito, who, I don't know if you did, but um, every time I've watched this, and I've, I've, I watched this, I wouldn't say I watched this on a regular basis, but I would say five years, I may go back and be like, oh, that was, that was fun. Every time. It's really a big leap for me. I know the title is Get Shorty, and that's that's how the film is going to end. Spoiler alert, the last line will be a joke about Dane DeVito's height. I'm, I really struggle with the idea that Dane DeVito is ever this massive movie star where he's playing <laughs> a cop. He's, winning, he's got these Oscar-winning performances where he's like a mountain climber. <laughs> I'm just... I'm not seeing it. And this is at times a broad comedy. So all of those things are meant to sort of take you out and be like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> but to go back to Purple Rose of Cairo, and I won't touch on it too much because that'll be for our wrap up show. <laughs> it kind of made me want to live in that world. We're like, yeah, it's <laughs> like the, the Schwarzenegger, the Daniel Day Lewis. He's all of them rolled into one compact little body. <laughs> In that reality, he plays the twin that got all the dominant genes, and Arnold's the recessive. <laughs> oh, that's the movie I want to see. things that I think helps this film kind of overcome any of those minor shortcomings or, or uh, uh, idiosyncratic story points is that I honestly don't know what the fuck is happening in this film. Uh, there's just so <laughs> much 
uh, uh, like gangster stuff combined with the uh, movie making process. And I think it's kind of meant to be that way. And it, it kind of all comes together by the end. But I really don't know what's happening in this film. And weirdly enough, that's really not a knock against it. It's really more of a hangout film. You just like mm, hanging out yeah. with these specific characters. And it, kind of like Kiss Kiss Bang Bang is kind of the same way. Days and Confused to a certain level as well. It's like it, it doesn't really matter what's happening. You're just happy to be in the presence of these characters and, and some so of the – you're saying uh, that you're the you're Gene Hackman then because he's, <laughs> he's constantly pushing this script, Mr. Lovejoy, which becomes consumed – by the story of Chili Palmer as the movie everyone's really interested in. It's 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 a weird sort of the snake eating itself here because it's like the movie is speaking directly to you, Webb. It's like, yeah, all these characters are going to get together and there's gangsters and they have this financial investment and this Mr. Lovejoy thing, which the characters themselves say it's a stupid title. Uh, our main character doesn't even bother to read the script <laughs> that he's willing to <laughs> to put his life on the line and you know, kill other people for. Um, because what we're really interested in is the antics of our lead character, Chili Palmer. Even the movie knows he's just interesting. So his stuff would make a better movie than the movie that they're trying to make. Absolutely is. And it's a tricky thing to do something like that, to be to play on that meta level. And I think I, I guess this was a little ahead of its time in that regard, but I, I think because... I love that. <laughs> I love that Trilogy and Theories can be the one that says, get shorty, way ahead of its time. <laughs> <laughs> That's our line in the sand. I love it. <laughs> but because everything is so ridiculous, and because very little of it makes sense... <laughs> You, it kind of gets away with it. It is really weird. I, I had a, a, such an odd time watching this film because I was at – simultaneously, I was not invested in anything but really enjoying myself. It's it's a bizarre film uh, and, and one I'm glad works. And actually, as soon as Gene Hackman's name popped up – I totally forgotten he was in this film, by the way, because I can't stand Gene Hackman. I genuinely don't think he's a good actor. <laughs> So the the theme of this month, uh, I just want to let people know, it is not um, Mike and Webb take turns saying how much they detest uh, a lead actor in our chosen films. So Mia Farrow down, <laughs> yeah. now Gene Hackman, <laughs> two, two um, sort of well-known greats in their field. So what will right. come up in the third film? <laughs> Who will we attack next on Trilogy and Theory? But for, I... I... And it was weird watching this film because I didn't mind him at all. I actually enjoyed his work in this film. So, yeah, this was just a weird little isolated incident. Get Shorty is like the film that I should not like, but I had a great time. Have you read any of um, what is it, Leonard's work and, and specifically like Get Shorty? Have you invested in any of it? Because I always see no. his name pop up. I'm sure he's making a killing. Uh, but yeah, I I don't know how this would work in a in a book. Yeah, I, I remember especially around this time period because not only of Get Shorty, but uh, Tarantino himself his follow up was an Elmore Leonard novel with uh, Jackie Brown that I believe was called Rum right. Punch. And then the following summer, 1998, uh, a film that was possibly on the agenda for this month but didn't make the cut, Out of Sight, was another. Uh, Leonard, and uh, do you remember how the uh, boy, we're just tying it all together. Uh, Michael Keaton bumped out of Purple Rose, Rose of Cairo 
but was allowed to uh, play a character that technically Tarantino and Miramax owned the rights to, at least the film rights to, uh, and was borrowed out to uh, out of sight uh, for for a cameo scene with uh, Jennifer Lopez and uh, Dennis Farina, as we will see in this film, Get Shorty. So talk about the the snake just eating itself is that's trilogy in theory. We'll work our way around to it, (laughs) but no, to answer your question, I I had not. And there was a little bit of a, um, that was, I think his name sort of revitalized in pop culture with the justified series was based on maybe a novella or a short story. And then they expanded on that character. Uh, but no, I've never, and that's, that's probably a a fault of myself uh, because I like crime stories. Uh, but it's almost like the anti Stephen King effect where it's like, you give me get shorty, Jackie Brown and out of sight. I just figure they're just going to keep making cool movies out of your stuff. So why bother? <laughs> why, why <are> <laughs> it seems like it's translating well. <laughs> uh, the, uh, the other thing that I wanted to mention is Renee Russo. She is an actress who I feel like pops up in these films. And I, I can't recall a starring vehicle by her that i'm in love uh, with yeah i i think that she's wonderful like even in something like um oh gosh a uh, nightcrawler where she's being accosted by by jake gyllenhaal like the entire film and put in horrible situations uh and she's so good in that um and the, uh, gosh i i feel so, like feel like such a voyeuristic jerk there's this one scene mm-hmm. in get shorty where she kind of mm-hmm. enters the home chili palmer's already there and she changes and you get to see her change it's not sexual in any way but i found myself very invested in this specific mm. scene not so much in the rest of the movie but this scene specifically <laughs> and it just occurred to me like oh my goodness like renee russo is such a striking woman really really wonderful uh and she does such good work really the, i mean the, the last thing i saw with her what the thor the dark world i think i think it's the last time i saw her on <clears throat> she is a a prime example of of hollywood at least on the the surface. I I don't know if this was a decision on her part, but you look at her film credits. uh, So in the nineties, she's in lethal weapon three in the line of fire outbreak, get shorty, 10 cup ransom, lethal weapon Four, the Thomas crown affair, Mm. all hits, all, all big movies. And (laughs) I don't know. It's like when a woman reaches a certain age, they say, thank you for your work. And uh, now we're going to move on, which doesn't happen. <laughs> you know, you're bringing up Gene Hackman, who part of the hot or not, uh, which I'm not saying I didn't have the thoughts you, you had uh, when I was watching this with my wife. I didn't point them out <laughs> for <laughs> in that particular scene. Um, I went a different direction for the safety of my own marriage where I pulled up Gene Hackman. <laughs> I was like, Gene Hackman in the sixties. And I'm like, you know, he didn't, he didn't age that much. Like he had <laughs> whatever hairline he had. It's like, I mean, he was totally, uh, this is gladiator Braveheart style combat on the top of his head where his follicles said, hold the line. <laughs> this is it. This is far as we're going to be outflanked. <laughs> and it's impressive, uh, in that way. But, uh, certainly I don't think anyone's ever pined for a Gene Hackman undressing scene. So he counterpunched <laughs> by saying, I'm not going to age at all. Like I got old real fast and this is it. This is as far as I'm going to go. And uh, I go I'm the opposite way. I want to watch a scene where he's just putting on more clothing, cover more of him. <laughs> up. And you're right. You're right. He hasn't aged much. And I, I for me, he's been as unpleasant. <laughs> <laughs> 
let me just because I, I you know I I threw a a, a jab at you uh, earlier, but I I realized what I said about Mia Farrow. I just want to ask you, I guess more pointedly, uh, what is it about him as a performer? Like, what films are you looking at that you're saying that doesn't work for me? Because he does have a long list that people like you know the French Connection, the Conversation. You know, what is it, is it just never you've just never been a Hackman guy, no matter what role, what director he's yeah. working with? I mean, I, I guess if I had to pick one film that like, the first one I saw was probably Superman, and his Lex Luthor is terrible, <laughs> <laughs> but I don't want to box him into like a comic book role. Uh, because yeah, I'm, I'm sure he appreciates that with his, his long legacy that you're saying, oh, he's Lex Luthor, that's all he'll ever be. <laughs> My Lex Luthor was Clancy Brown from uh, the animated series, mm-hmm. who is just okay. so good. And I always thought that the uh, Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, should be a Lex Luthor at some point. That's a good pick. That's a really yeah, good pick. Yeah, I, I, I wish that, you know, uh, he got gotten the chance. I think he's, I, you know, I don't even think he's a little too old at this point. And mm-hmm. he's got the body that would combat superman so well no matter who you chose it doesn't matter because the great thing about lex luthor is that he's he's prides he prides himself on being you know the smartest person on the face of the planet i think it would have been a great pick either way uh the bird cage um i i'm i mean i i I didn't want to tell you this because i know it was kind of it's been on our list but i was not a huge fan of the conversation when i first saw it but I, I think... Hold on, hold on. You have actually told me this multiple times already. Saying, oh, have I? <laughs> yeah, you said, I really can't stand that conversation. <laughs> <laughs> In your mind, you may be protecting me <laughs> from your negativity. <laughs> but when you're sending me texts in the middle of the night, it's like, you know what? I can't stand the conversation. Have I told you that before? And I'm like, yes, Webb. We'll figure something else out. <laughs> we'll My bad. No. I want to do the conversation because it's one that I've been meaning to revisit. And I've been kind of on a Coppola kick lately. So, uh, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I don't want to mention Welcome to Mooseport, the <laughs> debut entry <laughs> for, for, I think, Ray Romano. But I did not like that film either. <laughs> he was in that. So I, I feel like I'm picking out all of Hackman's like duds. Well-known dud. <laughs> including yeah. the conversation well-known dud in film war the conversation uh sadly welcome to mooseport gene hackman's final role <laughs> really and and webb says that was fitting because that's how i see him that's how <laughs> should go a perfect representation of a career <laughs> that somehow existed <laughs> Oh, well, you know, get, I, I'm I'm very happy uh, that I got to watch Get Shorty because he was he is quite good in Get Shorty. Everybody is. Everybody does a great job. Um, and, and even even though I can't pinpoint to what the hell is going on in the movie, I, I think it's a great watch. It really is. Um, I, I would highly recommend you stay away from Be Cool because it's terrible. <laughs> <laughs>